Hey everybody, it's Doc Green, back with Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise. Uh, again, doing this little podcast because I have uh, figured out a way to get myself out of trouble, less stress, better lifestyle, and everything, and I'm going to try to share some of that with you, and hopefully help you get a better life going for you. Uh, healthy, wealthier, and a little bit more wise. Um, my first podcast, I kind of introduced what I was going to do the podcast about, what it's going to be for and everything. The second one, I jumped straight into a topic of the emergency fund, or as I like to call it, the non-emergency fund. And then I realized while talking about it during the recording, that I never really gave anyone the overview and steps about what I feel is uh, important information about your health, your wealth, and your wisdom. And, uh, and I also jumped into the financial getting out of debt living a financial freedom life without explaining all of the steps of that. So I'd like to go back and in this episode and mention what um, I have been told is called the pillars of wealth. It's redefining wealth. Uh, Patrice Washington does a great podcast about it. So she says there are six pillars, and I agree with her. Now, I, I go a little bit more. Mine's not quite as religious as hers is in her explanations and and that's fine i mean she she, she is thanking god and i do too but i'm just you know I, i'm a little bit more of um secular than she is in my beliefs i do believe in god and everything but i just don't you you have your god and if you don't believe in god then then you that's on you too i mean i'm not here to get you to believe in a religion or anything and i'm so i'm, I'm going to go and give the pillars my view of them and then uh, I'll go into Dave Ramsey's snowball effect and his debt, uh, debt relief thing and every, you know, the way that he explains to live a debt-free life. First of all, Patrice Washington, also known as the American Money Maven. She has done a lot of books. You've seen her probably on Steve Harvey's show and everything. She has a new podcast out for about a year, year and a half. And uh, I've listened to a lot of the episodes, a lot of them. I love what she says. I love the feeling. I love her passion. And I love her spirit of teaching. So I, I use her as a lot of, I've, I've listened to a lot of financial gurus, I guess you'd call them, um, and I don't agree with most of them, probably 90%. There's some things I don't even agree with Patrice about either, but I agree with about 90% of what she says, while the other ones I disagree with about 90% of what they say. So anyway, get on to the, the pillars. The first one is fitness. And when we talk about fitness, we mean physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual fitness. Her second pillar for financial uh, or for wealth, re- redefining wealth, is relationships, keeping good ones and letting go of toxic ones. You know, b- both their relationships are a very important part of wealth. Um, and a lot of people go, well, I don't want to get money from my friends. That's not what we're talking about. Well, wealth is more than just money. Okay, wealth is about the way you think, the way you mind, the way you feel. You, I've seen people who don't hardly have any money but are wealthy. Anyway, we'll get into that later on. Relationships is our second pillar. Third one is about space. Your personal space, your business space. It's about clutter and organizing um, things. And we'll get more in depth of that and how that is a... Without these steps, you cannot hardly become financially wealthy. So you got to get these pillars in place in order to help you become financially wealthy. And we'll go into more topic with them, each one, as the podcast show goes on. 
Um, the next one would be faith in God, family, and country. Um, I, I go in that order. Uh, and and, and uh, there are other types of faith too, but I will start off with those three. Um, your fifth pillar would be your work, rather it be your jobs. Talking about, when we say work, I'm not just talking about your employment. Um, it needs to be something you, you have. To, if you want to be wealthy, you need to figure out either to be passionate about your job or find a way to do what you're passionate about and, and your talents, what, what your God-given talents are. To use those, to use your passion, and to figure out a way to employ those either at your place of employment or maybe you need to move on to a different place of employment. Or maybe you need to start your own business. But anyway, we'll get on to that topic in work. That'll be one of the pillars we go over. And then money. That's the last pillar of wealth building. A lot of people are going, no, wait a minute. Money, money is what wealth is. No, no, it's not. <laughs> I used to think so too. You'll see people chasing the dollar all their life. But those that have money, and you listen to what they do with it, and the ones that you think are really truly happy are the ones that are spending their money on things that they're philanthropists. They give money away. They, they, they give money to charities. They give money to their communities. Um, but what they don't have is they don't have credit, or some do, but they don't have a lot of debt. They're set up for their own retirement. They got investments. Anyway, money's money. the money topic, money pillar, we're going to go over all of those things. Okay? So to reiterate the pillars of wealth, are the, the, and these are the foundations. You have to have pillars to hold up your roof. You know what I mean? In, in the modern day, we call it you know, Joyce, whatever. But you have to have a, a foundation and then put the pillars on top. And these pillars is what's going to support your roof and the rest of your house. Um, and we'll get into the foundation part later. But the pillars, again, are going to be fitness, relationships, space, faith, work, and money. And in each episode after this, for the next few episodes, I'll intermix those with the uh, Dave Ramsey's um, uh, process of getting out of debt and living a, a, a financial free, financially independent life. But now, going on to Dave Ramsey, speaking of his seven steps. Now, he has seven steps to achieve financial freedom. And the first one is what he calls the emergency fund. I call it a non-emergency fund. Then you have to snowball your debts, which I'll get into on the next podcast, because I have to interrupt in order to give everyone the steps first of things that we're going to be covering in the future. The third step is to get three to six months of emergency fund set up. I call it expenditure fund. Um... Next one is getting 15% of your retirement. 15% of your income should go into your retirement. And we'll, you know, we'll discuss different ways of using that money in retirement. The next step would be set up a college fund for either your children or your grandchildren or maybe your nephews and nieces, whatever, setting up college funds for them. The uh, sixth step is to pay off your mortgage so you will no longer own a house payment. And then the seventh step, and this is the part that's going, after you do all these other ones, this one's going to come so quick and easy, it's going to blow your mind. And that one is to build wealth and give away money. <laughs> I know a lot of you always say, what, what, huh? do what, give, give away. When you have enough, <clears throat> and you know there's things that need to be done in your community, and your family, 
and with your friends, you don't mind. You'll be happy. The best gift you can have of, of having all that money, the best gift you can give is that money. And you're going to be able to help out so many other people. But you have to be able to get into the position where you can do it. And when you do, that will give you a better feeling than any of these other parts. You know, you think getting out of debt will give you a good feeling? Wait till you're giving money away. I didn't say throwing money away. I said giving money away. And when you can do that, and you can look back and say, Oh, I was giving money to charities. Yeah, if you're still worried about your own bills, you haven't you don't you don't have the, the inner feeling that you will when you give it away and go, Wow, I could even give away more. And it would be one of the greatest feelings you have. I'm sure you can picture it. But anyway, that's the uh basically what I want to go over on these is to let this that's what my episode is gonna cover today. A lot of them are gonna be repeating a lot of this stuff and I'm gonna get away in debt. Are way in depth. <laughs> I'm getting out of debt and in depth on a lot of the topics that, that I've discussed here. And we're going to be going, I mean, I could write books. Matter of fact, I'm working on a book now, but I, I'm, I could write multiple books on the amount of stuff that we're going to talk about in these podcasts. I'm going to try to set up some interviews with some other people of success so you can hear what their secrets were, what they did, um, ways they achieved it. I'm going to Set up interviews with other financial planners that are teachers, not salesmen, trying to get a commission off of you. Now, don't get me wrong. There's going to be times when you're going to have to set up, you know, you're going to need to uh, get an RA and and the and other investments and everything. You're going to have to hire brokers and everything. But I'm going to try to set you up with people <clears throat> or give you people that, that you can listen to on the interviews. And I'll have links once we get the web page up and running better that, that you can go meet people that that I know personally or that I've worked with. And that uh, that will help you and not just use you for a way to get their commission. Okay, anyway, we're going to get into all that stuff later on. I just want to give you these steps. And on the next episode, we're going to dive straight into, you got it, the snowball. Once you learn about the snowball, you'll be good to go, people. Talk to you later. Hey, everybody, it's Doc Green, the Road Scholar, <clears throat> here with Health, Wealth, and Wisdom, another podcast. Uh, I'm going to do this one about parents getting their kids in debt. Um, <clears throat> I know it's not quite the way we think we want our children to live in. Uh, a lot of people look at, well, that's just part of the way the world is. Things are so expensive now. You have to get into debt to buy a car. You have to get in debt to go to school. You have to get in debt to buy a house. You have to get in debt for this. You need a credit card. You need a good credit score. All of these things. <clears throat> I'm going to say, first of all... Um, I've been in debt most of my life, actually all of my adulthood life, and uh, for the first time in my life, I'm actually getting debt-free. I give a lot of that thanks to Dave Ramsey and his show, and I started following some of the other people that are teamed up with Dave Ramsey's show. My podcast, by the way, has no backing, no connection or anything with the Dave Ramsey show, but because of what I've learned to do on his show, I, I, I use his method, the snowball method and everything else, but anyway, that's besides the point. Getting into some of the problems I've realized here over the last few weeks, my son, as most of you know, has his own business. He's a landscaper, um, owns a general contracting business. Um, a lot of you already know that if you know me on Facebook or you follow any of my other pages or anything. <clears throat> but him and his friends are always hanging out at the house. You know, they come over, we'll play Dungeons and Dragons at night on some weekends. Some weekends we sit around and play video games, whatever. You know, just hanging out. 
And I say we because um, I hang out with them. However, <clears throat> since I start getting debt free and stuff, start talking to them. And a couple of his friends are driving new cars and everything. And, you know, a couple of them got one of them is a photographer and wedding photographer, special events photographer and filmographer. Um, but I noticed these kids are sitting here riding around in 25, $20,000, $30,000 cars. And I guess whenever I was a kid, and we always said, yeah, my mom bought me a car, my dad bought me a car, my friends, you know, the, the parents bought them cars. Um, back then, when we said buy a car for our kids, we meant that our parents went out and paid cash for some clunker, or some of us had pretty nice cars, you know, whatever, but our parents or grandparents or whoever for graduation went out and bought us cars, bought us cars. So I assumed that's what was going on nowadays. You know, I assumed these kids driving up in these new cars, they think their parents are pretty well off. I'm thinking and go, oh, that's pretty nice. You know, bought them a new car. Then I start talking to these, the, and I say kids, that's not really true. They're young adults now. They, they're out of high school. They just graduated this year. And I find out, no, their parents didn't actually buy them a car. Their parents wouldn't co-sign them a loan for a car. And I'm going, What? So for graduation, your parents just gave you $25,000 worth of debt, not including you going to school or you going to student loans or anything like that. Just you graduated, your parents went down, and some of the parents wouldn't put uh, money down and, and help them get the car and everything. But the kid's name is on a loan for $25,000 for a car, and some of these kids are only making about 24000 a year. Luckily, if they make that much, some of them aren't even making that. Some of them are making eighteen thousand, and some of them even work with my son's landscaping company. So I know they're not making that much money. But you know, during the off season, they're working at restaurants, and you know, they would do other things and driving Uber and stuff, or not Uber because they got to be twenty one, but driving some other you know things like Uber that they're old enough to drive for and everything. And they're already starting off twenty four to twenty eight thousand dollars in debt. And these kids don't have a real job, per se, or a career yet. They're driving around in cars that are better than most of my friends my age are driving around in. And I start talking to them like, well, what were you thinking? You know, what why, What happens? I mean, I'm, I'm lost for words when they start telling me this stuff. And um, they're going, oh, yeah, I make the payments on it and everything. I'm going, yeah, you're making the payments now, but what happens if you lose your job, you know, which is only like some of these jobs only pay eight, nine, ten dollars an hour, and they've already told me all this stuff. I'm going, what are you thinking? Oh, the payments are like 600 a month. Yeah, I know what the payments are. What are you thinking? You know, the payments are 600. You have to have full coverage insurance on them, which is cost you guys another 200 a month, plus the fuel. And or the gas and and maintenance on the car. Well, they're under warranty. Okay, well, grant it. But what are you thinking? You know, you guys are sitting there spending eight hundred dollars a month just on a car payment and insurance, not including gas and, and if any maintenance does come up, like flat tires, stuff like that, that are not covered by warranty. <clears throat> they're one one paycheck from losing their car. And I just slapped my forehead. I'm going, what are you thinking? So to a lot of you guys out here 
who think you're helping your kids and everything, and some of you go, well, if my kid gets that kind of trouble, I'll help him out and everything, then you're hurting yourself. Now, let me explain the way I look at it, like my son, what I told him to do. You go out here and you buy a cash car. You save up your money. I'll even go with half him with you on his cash car. Get yourself a decent three, four, five thousand dollar car, whatever. You know, um, pay for it cash. Now, and I try to explain it to these other two guys. You know, these other friends of his and stuff. And I'm going, wait a minute, guys. You're paying six hundred, eight hundred dollars a month in a car note and insurance. And if you took that same eight hundred dollars a month and put it in a cookie jar, not even in an interest account, just a cookie jar. Not a savings account or anything, and you sit there and you save that money up for a year. You got nine thousand six hundred dollars. You buy a cash car for five thousand dollars. You drive it around for a year, and you got nine thousand six hundred dollars. You can go out here and buy another car with, plus trading your cash car with it and everything. You can get about fifteen thousand dollar car, brand new if you want to. I, I will never buy a brand new car, and I advise them because it too buy one so a year or two old. You know, fifteen thousand dollars. In a year or two, and you're going to be buying the same car you're driving now. The only difference is you're not making payments on it for five years. That's how long their loans are. Five-year-long loans and notes for a car that's only going to be worth about ten or fifteen, well, about fifteen, maybe twenty thousand, when they're done paying for it. And then you know what they're going to do? Because they're being taught this by society, they're going to trade that car in on another car note. No, 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 my friends. Listen, I was in the real estate business. And I've seen a lot of people out here who have bought cars every four to five years. They turn cars in or upside down in their cars when they trade in on a new car. So when they go buy a next car for $25,000, they actually owe $32,000, $33,000 because they were still owed $7,000 on the last one they traded in to get the new one. So the car they drive off the lot that's only worth twenty five thousand while it's still on the lot is now worth thirty two thousand. Plus it drops another four or five thousand when you drive it off the lot. So your car is worth twenty thousand and you're paying thirty two thousand for five years. Some people six years. And they're buying their kids' cars the same way. No, people, no. Do not look. Here's what here's what you ought to think about. If those kids take that same amount of money and they put, like I said, in a cookie jar for a year, they got $9,600. I'm sorry, that's not right. $600 a month, $7,200 plus your down payment of $1,000, $2,000. So, yeah, about $9,200. Plus, you take the cash car, you trade it in, get yourself about a $12,000 car. You do that for two years, though, you got $18,000, $20,000 saved up that you put in cookie jar, not even in a money-growing account or anything, and you can walk into that same dealership, buy a car that's a year old for $20,000, and it's yours, cash, in two years. The same car you're driving right now is yours, cash, in two years for $20,000, and you don't have to make payments for five more years or three more years. It's your car. You know what you get to do with that money that you would have been making payments on for the next three years? You get to invest it in a money market account. Not even a money market, I'm sorry. Invest it in a mutual fund and grow interest on it. You're on your way to being a millionaire in about 20 years, 25 years. You invest $100 a month into an account by the time you're 65 years old into a mutual fund, you know, an IRA account, and you're a millionaire. 
you guys are you're spending your future on a car that's going to go down in value. Parents, grandparents that are trying to get help you get your kids cars on these notes and everything. You're costing your kids their future. And I, I'm trying to get this through because, man, our country's gotten in a bad, bad habit of this. Everything is on credit. Everything is on debt. Oh, you are enslaved to that car company. When you could have bought the car cash in two years had you saved up the money and just drove around a $5,000. And there's some decent $5,000 cars out here. You drive around a car for about two years, maybe a year, if you want, if you want to upgrade to a $10,000, $12,000 car. And then wait another year and trade it in with the money you saved up and get yourself a $20,000 car. The same car you're driving right now. But instead of making those payments on that car for another three or four years later, you can invest that same five, $600 into an IRA account. Man, that kid will be a millionaire in no time. Y'all need to go check out the, the uh, calculators, the, the life planning calculators and stuff. But instead, you got your kid a cool car most of them, which are, are way too expensive for a kid with that kind of driving ability and that experience to be driving, and you cost them their future. Oh, well, they could start saving then. You know, they could still start saving now while they got the car, they got a job, they could still start saving. Yes, they could save, they could afford to save 100, maybe 200 a month if they're lucky. They could have been saving $600 a month, $500 a month. But instead, they're paying it on a car, an automobile, that they're most likely going to wreck within the next five to six years anyway, according to statistics. That's why their insurance is so high. Guys, we got to start doing a better job. And I'm not telling all this because I'm, I'm, I'm not preaching to you. I'm learning all this stuff myself. But my son is going to be able to put five to six, seven, eight, actually, he'll be able to put close to about $900 a month into an IRA, which is okay because you max it out at $9,000, $9,500, something like that a year anyway. He will be able to max out his Roth IRA every year. He will not have to work past the age of 30, 35 years old. Now, he can work, and I'm sure he will, but he won't have to. He can literally live off the interest that he'll, he'll make between by the time he's 35, 40 years old for the rest of his life. That's the difference between him having to work. Like I get up in the mornings, I say, I have to go to work. He'll be able to get up in the morning and say, I'm going to work. Because he doesn't have to. He'll be able to do what he loves to do. He'll be able to pursue his dreams or whatever he chooses to go after. Guys, you are giving your kids cars that are costing them $800 a month with insurance. And that could pay for their school in cash. They wouldn't have to take out student loans and owe student loans for the next 20 years of their life after they graduate. Instead, they could graduate college, buy a $20,000 car cash halfway through college, the same car they're driving now, and walk out of the college doors with a degree and no debt, nothing to pay for. And they could have been saving up their money and investing it all that time. So when they walk out, if he wants to walk out of college and go to work for someone a couple years and open his own business, he's got enough money to do that. But no, instead, we're teaching our kids how to go into debt. It's, it's crazy. It's just, it's just insane. 
the way we have learned that we're supposed to do things. In schools, they're teaching us. Do you realize that every time you call, when you go to Credit Karma or any of these other credit sites that are supposed to help you build your credit, it's a free site. It's free this. It's free that. Yes, because the advertiser on that is credit card companies at 27% interest. Personal loans at 795% interest APR annually. That's who's paying for you to have these free sites to keep an eye on your credit. And the truth is, in this country, especially in this economy, there is no need for your children to have any debt. Zero. No credit cards. Nothing. Not in this economy. Not in this country. Not at this time. Too many jobs out here. Too many good paying jobs. And instead, we burden our kids with $25,000 cars, $35,000 average student loans. So when, by the time they graduate, they still owe another year on a car that isn't even worth what they're paying for it when it's paid for. And they're walking out with $35,000 in debt with student loans. So for our happy graduation ki- gift to our graduating bachelor's degree kids, congratulations, son. in debt. Way to go. Proud of you. Well, they'll get a job that's going to pay $50,000 or $60,000 a year. Right. Think about that. So it will take them three, four, five years, supposedly, in their minds. Because I asked the kids, how long is it going to take you to pay off your student loans? Oh, I'll do about six, seven years. (laughs) No, you won't. I don't know who told you that. It will take you 10 to 20 years. If you're paying the minimum payments. Oh, I'm going to pay more on it. How can you? You're paying on a car that costs you $800 a month. You have no extra money to throw towards your student loans. And that's provided they're smart enough not to take out a credit card while they're in college. And if they do that, holy cow, can you imagine the debt they're going to graduate with? We got to do better. We have to do better. Sit your kids down. Explain to them. Guys, you don't need a $20,000 car. I'm going to give you. I'm going to help you either get or some of you parents, you really need to step back and do like I told my son. Son, you have to save up your money. I bought him a $500 pickup truck at first, which he had to pay me back for. I loaned him the money to get a $500 pickup truck. He saved up enough money, bought another car, another vehicle later on and everything. And he's doing okay. You know, he's building his business and it's, it's moving upward. He turned around and bought $10,000, close to about $10,000 worth of lawn equipment the first year. He didn't make any money, didn't make any profit. But guess what he does this season when he kicks off? He's got everything he needs. So this season, all of the money is his. Plus he's investing in his Roth IRA. And he's going to college. And thanks to my job, my job pays for his college. So he don't have any debt. And without worrying about all that debt and how he's going to pay this and how he's going to pay that, he has more time to study and more time to work. Because he's not worried about how to pay for anything. He's not worried. He would sit up at night if, if I wasn't doing this. He would literally be sitting up at night trying to figure out how many, what all he has to do to make the next month's bills. And that's what your kids are doing. 
unless you're flipping the bill for them. Which goes to a whole nother story, which I'll get onto in a different podcast later. About parents who think they're helping their kids and instead are costing themselves their retirement. So when you get older, if you've helped your kids out all that much and you don't have enough money to retire on, now you're going to be even a bigger burden to your children because now they're going to have to take care of you in your older age. We have went totally, totally stupid out here, people. And and I'm one of you. We're stupid and I can prove it. But we can start reversing it. Anyway, guys, that's that's my warning podcast this time. I mean, I just could not believe it. Out of my friend, out of my son's four friends that hang around the most, he's got one that is not in any debt. And we talked to him on everything. He's already got his Roth IRA started up. He's 18 years old, putting $100 a month into it. And he's and he he's not going to college right now. He's trying to save up money to go to school. He's, and we got him, you know, we got him looking for uh, scholarships and everything online and everything. He'll be able to go to school debt free. I can't pay for him because he's not my son. But we got him figuring out how to do it. He doesn't have a job. He doesn't have a. He's looking for a job right now, but he doesn't have a job. Well, no, I tell you that he's got a little job, a little side gig going. So he's making some money to to put in his Roth IRA. And he's going to buy a used pickup truck for about $500. So it's a beater. I ain't going to lie. This truck is a clunker. But he's like, I don't need anything else. I just need something to get around town on. I'm not trying to go to take cross road, you know, uh, cross country road trips to California. I just want to be able to get back and forth to work. You know, and go go to school. That's all I want it for. So he's, he's going to buy a little clunker. Thing. I don't even think thing has heat or AC. He said, man, I'll put on a couple of coats. I'm not going that far. It's not that far from the house. And he's ahead of the other ones. The other ones that are from well-to-do families and everything, that their families got money, their families have saved up, and, you know, they got their own houses and everything. This kid's, his parents don't. But he's already ahead of the other kids. He'll be a millionaire before they will. Because he's investing and doing it the right way and he's not going in debt just to go to school to pay a job for a job that pays less money than his degree paid per year. He's doing it the right way. You know, and his other friends, after talking to him and they're going to start working with me and everything and they're, we're working on trying to get them out of debt on the cars and stuff. Um, one of them may have to sell his car. And buy a junker and everything. Hopefully he can get out of his car for what he owes in it and buy himself not a junker, but you know, buy himself a three, four, five thousand dollar car to drive around in a little while to save up his money. But he's listened, and that's what he plans on doing. He said he he did not realize how long he's gonna be paying on that car. Plus he's going to school. And he he didn't realize he was fixing to take out a student loan. But now he's like, whoa, 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 I didn't know all this. Wait a minute, what do you mean? Because we've got through calculating it up. He would be in about forty-five dollars to $50,000 worth of debt when he graduated. And he was like, no. Whoa, whoa, what am I doing? How do I get out of this? Is it too late? No, it's not too late. Let's stop. Let's get you Let's get you back on track. And he's back on track. The other guy, he's uh, trying to figure out how to let it, let his aunt know. Hey, I, gotta, I, gotta, I appreciate you helping me out with half my car payment and everything. But really, this isn't on you. And if anything, I, I need to start taking care of myself and I need to start investing in my future. And so he's got to get his self back on track. You know, and he's, he's working on that. The other one, he's even even further trouble than that because he's bought everything he's got on credit. 
He's already had to go to the pawn shop three times since graduation just to be able to pay for gas in his car to get around here and do his job. So now we got him back on track. You know, he's, he's, he's going to be tight for a little while. He's going to be, he's going to be down to ramen noodle soup for a little while, you know, but he, we had to do it. We had to get him back on track. You know, one of them's parents even got mad at us. That's my kid, my child. You're, you're trying to raise my child and tell him, you know what? Your child's not your child anymore. He's an adult. I'm just explaining the facts to him. I don't make anything off of this. He's not buying anything from me. He's not paying me for any help. I just explained the situation of what he had gotten himself into. You know? And they're like, well, we need to worry about that. Right, but here's the problem. You're not really worried about it because you just put your son in $24,000 worth of debt that he has to find a way to pay for. And he doesn't. He, after running the numbers, he now realizes he can't move out of your house. I don't know if that was part of the plan of the parents to keep him at home or something. But, you know, he wants to move off, go to college and everything else. He wants to, do, he wants to live life. But he wants to do it debt-free. And if the parents are mad at me for explaining that to him when he was over at my house, I'm sorry. You know, but I think everyone should know this. And to be honest with you, I don't think the parents really quite listened to it all the way through. Otherwise, they would understand. You know, so I just, we got to quit putting our kids in debt. I don't want my son to live like me. Be trying to pay off debt and everything when he's 50-something years old. Now, true, I'll be out of debt here probably within another 12 months, I think. I'll be completely debt-free, maybe give or take a couple of months. But I don't want my son to be going through this at 50 years old. Do you want your children or your grandchildren to be doing this? I don't think that was the plan for any of us. I just want my son to have a nice house and decent living. He doesn't have to be rich. True, but there's a difference between being in rich and being in debt. He doesn't own a house. He owns a mortgage. He doesn't own a car. He owns a car loan. He owns a document that says he has to pay more for more for the car than the car is worth. That's what he owns. So people, please back up. If you have kids that are still in high school, you need to get if your kids are juniors, sophomores, freshmen, actually it doesn't matter any age. Even as young as eight, nine years old, some even younger than that. There are scholarships money out there available for kids as low as young as five years old. Well, I don't know if my son wants to go to college at five. Suppose he grows up and doesn't want to go to college. Great, give the money back. But if he does want to go to college, the money's there. You know what I mean? I mean, prepare. Get your kids to start looking for scholarships. Five billion dollars worth of scholarships went unclaimed this year for nationally known scholarships. That's not including all the local scholarships in your town and stuff. Five billion went unclaimed. And yet kids are signing up for $35,000 on average worth of student loans each every year. One million people go default on their loans every year for the last three years and the number goes up every year. Oh no, my son's going to graduate and get a great job and everything. That's great. Now, what happens if the, the, the Wall Street takes another tumble in a few years? And it will because it goes through cycles and he loses his job and he has to go on a, a deferment 
But while he's on deferment for six months to a year trying to get another job, a job and he doesn't have any money saved up and he's trying to make his house payments and catch everything back up when he does get a job. And meanwhile, that interest is still compounding on him. Bam, 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 every month till he starts making payments on it again. Now, loan that should have taken him 10 to 20 years to pay off is going to take him 30 to 40. And it happens every day. People, we got to start thinking better about our money and our children and our grandchildren. People keep saying, I want to leave a greener world for my kids to be raised in. I want to leave a debt-free world for my son to be raised in. For him to live his life. And I hope you do too. If you have any other questions, please PM me. uh, Email me at d-o-c-k-g-i-v at gmail.com. Do something. If you don't understand everything about the student loans or the debt process or how to invest or anything, hit me up. I'll send you some links, some information, everything. We're trying to build a website now to help parents go on there and could click straight onto other uh, scholarship plans and everything for their children. Even some of our adult friends need help. But after hearing what happened to kids who have just graduated less than four months ago, five less than four months, oh my God, five months ago, and these kids are already $25,000 in debt. And don't even have, they haven't even got their credit cards yet. And we got to stop them from getting credit cards. $25,000 in debt. They've only been out of school a few months. And haven't even got real jobs yet. Haven't even got jobs paying as much per year as a car is worth. Come on, people. Reel it back in. Work with me here. We're stupid and I can prove it. And I say we because I've been stupid for 50 years. You know, I will give myself credit for the first 18 years. I've been stupid for 33 years. And my kid is not going to be as stupid as me. None of them. My two daughters, one daughter is debt free. The other daughter's got some debt and everything. And we're working on talking up to her. You know, my youngest, he's eight years old. And we just started his ESA account for uh, college. He will never be in debt. He will never be wanting because of the things I've learned over the last six months. I wish I would have known this for the other children, but I didn't. But I know it for my grandkids. I have two granddaughters. One of them brand new. Love her to death. Ivy. Navy is about eight years old. Love her to death. Nine years old. Actually, she's, ooh, ooh, she's nine. Almost two. Jesus. I love them to death. And I promise you, with the amount of knowledge, I may not be able to give them a lot right now, except knowledge, but they will not be in debt when they graduate high school. And they most definitely will not be in $50,000 in debt when they graduate college. And they will be on the road. They will at least have the knowledge of whether or not they choose to follow it or not. I don't know. But they will know how to not have to work past the age of 35 or 40. They will be completely financial independent or they will have the knowledge of how to do it. Rather than if they choose that, that's up to them. But at least I can look back and say, I taught them better. So whatever they do at that point is on them. But I'm teaching them with love. I'm teaching them with an example of myself. Of what not to do. And as of this year, what to do. And parents, you need to do the same. Any of you guys out there want to know how to get debt free, hit me up on an IM. 
Hit me up on on, on, a, on, a, on a Facebook Messenger. Hit me up on my email at dockgiv at gmail.com. And together we'll get out of this. And we'll make sure our kids aren't in it. Anyway, guys, I know I've been ranting and raving about this. And you're going to continue hearing about it until I, I help a lot more kids. Because right now I had to help these kids, my, my, my son's friends at the house, all four of them. And uh, that that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to continue doing it. You know, I don't care who the president is or who Congress or whatever. We know how to keep our people out of harm's way. And we're going to teach you how to do the same with yours. Anyway, guys, y'all have a great one. Hope you join me for the next podcast. Take it easy.